5: A guy I want to applaud talking about competition, talking about, you know, fighting for what you get. And we, we've certainly got still in the backdrop uh, on the other coast. Uh, we're looking at the Tebow and Jacksonville situation. We talked about it a little bit earlier. But you got Teddy Bridgewater, who in a conversation on the Denver team website, uh, talking to, about how excited he is for the competition setting up against Drew Locke at least for the moment, in Denver, right? Denver, one of the teams still rumored to be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Uh, Mark Schlereth, uh, Fox's own, uh, on his show there in Denver and in the social media sphere uh, saying he'd heard some things ahead of draft night uh, and got elicited a response from Aaron Rodgers going, hey, what are you hearing? What's going on? Uh, And as we know, the money makes more sense after June 2nd, right, when we can split – what would that cap hit would be uh, over two years goes from 21 for 21 and then 17 for 22. So uh, from a financial standpoint, it makes sense to have the deal done and then just sit back and wait. And to some theories of things, Levar, uh the arrival of J.C. Horn was, well, why didn't they take Justin Fields there? Mm. Right When you have Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and if you're truly done with Drew Locke. But wanted to call attention to the quote from Bridgewater here. Uh, Quote, competition makes us all better as human beings. In the end, you look back and you realize you form relationships and bonds with different guys through competition. You learn a lot about the guy you're competing against the guy you're competing with. So I'm looking forward to this opportunity, making the best of it and just going out there and taking it one day at a time. Now, you got into the euphemisms and the cliches at the end, but I dig the competition of, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to win this job.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. He's traveled at this point and he's seasoned. And he you got to keep in mind, he had a very, very bad injury. Correct. And had to, to bounce back from that. So you know, just just everything I know of Teddy Bridgewater, dude is a class act, uh, consummate professional. So you're going to hear the right things come from him when he's addressing the, the media about what's going on. So to me, if this were a situation where Aaron Rodgers some way, somehow ends up... Uh, so fine. I was on the phone with K.J. Hamler last night. And, Look at that. and we were, yeah, we were having a pretty cool FaceTime conversation. Have he him was, hit
5: me up. I got some questions.
3: <laughs> where He was he was thorough gunning him, his, uh, uh, himself after, I guess, hard workouts. And, and just having the conversation, you know, it doesn't sound as though, and I don't want to put him under anything, you know, but it doesn't sound as though anybody is unhappy with Bridgewater being there Currently, and it it doesn't sound as though there is a lot of circulation of uh, of conversation that that Aaron Rodgers is coming there. So I'm not saying that to be you know using uh, KJ as as a a reference point in terms of an insider situation. All I'm saying is is that they don't seem to be bothered by. Any like not having sure, uh, Aaron Rodgers coming there, it's it seems as though they're pretty confident in what they have in, in Bridgewater. Now, I could have read it wrong, but I do know for certain that the conversation hasn't circulated in terms of is he coming, like, is it the speculation of it internally that Aaron Rodgers is may be on the way? So I don't know. Um, I think that it would be, um, a tremendous, tremendous move by Denver to do this, and if that were to happen, uh, what does that mean for Teddy Bridgewater? Um, Teddy Bridgewater would not beat Aaron Rodgers out. Um, let's just be clear on that. And I'm, you know, all due respect, but he would not. And and so, if that were to happen, does he? You know, the the good thing about it is, Mike, he he understands the value of what it feels like to be a backup. So this wouldn't be a scenario where it's a det- detonation of, of what's taking place. It would merely be an adjustment and an adaptation.
5: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is recognizing where you're at in your career, right? This is, I believe, his fifth team uh, in- inextricably linked to Sam Darnold forever, right, between his time in New York. Uh, and then down to to Carolina, and now Darnold gets down there, and and off to Denver he goes. But Drew Locke, there's some things to like about his game. The other is he doesn't take care of the football, right? That just needs to be stated. Basically a one-to-one touchdown to interception rate. So for all the physicality, you can say, well, it hasn't evolved just yet. Might that change? Maybe having Bridgewater there. Uh, to push him is the thing that that sets things up because we certainly look at it from Hamler and Judy this year, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. I mean, you talk about the receiving core, not to it's mention nice. the backfield. It's nice, you're you're looking at him coming into a pretty good situation.
3: And he's I, got a backfield.
5: Yeah, I will say this: the uh, the latest that I had seen uh, for the Broncos, the over under on wins was only eight and a half uh, when it came up back up on the board. Now the Super Bowl odds have dipped tremendously. Uh, they were 60 to 1. Now they're in the mid-20s. So, you know, some some hedging of bets in the event that Rodgers does show up there. because uh, the handle on that and the payout and exposure would be much greater than, you know, people betting the over-under on win totals necessarily. And eight and eight and five in that or eight wins in that division, right? Going going eight and eight and a half. Eight and a half, right? Basically saying you're going to be a 500 team. Always remember, we got that 17th game coming into this year. But looking at that roster as it stands, and you've got almost no money invested in the quarterback position either. So if this experiment were not to work this year, then you can go into the market and try to find yourself that over the top player next year when the salary cap expands once again and opportunities maybe present themselves. Maybe Aaron Rodgers next year. right? Maybe he ends back up with the Packers and all of this talk that we've had about money and salary cap exposure and everything else uh, works itself out after the 2021 season. But for Bridgewater, I, I like the attitude. I like the the discussion. And and from what Vic Fangio and that squad look set up to do from a defensive standpoint and, and as we mentioned all that offensive firepower. Remember Courtland Sutton didn't play a year ago. And you had two rookies that were still coming into their own, and and they had some drops issues early on, and you know every quarterback, uh, you know those are part of the the ledger. Uh, everybody's got them, but so I can't make excuses for Locke. But I, I remember a couple of very uh, specific plays with Noah Fant that could have been uh, potentially game changers that he left on the turf early in the year. But as you get your uh, sea legs under you. Uh, Perhaps better things ahead, but uh, for the Broncos, they're just one of the teams that we watch in the potential spectacle of the Aaron Rodgers saga. Devontae Adams was on with Colin Coward yesterday, uh, and he's a free agent at the end of the year and, and talking a, a bit about, well, that, that'll have to be a decision point. That would have to be hard, I would imagine. Because the only other time, and you and I talked about it Sunday, where he didn't have Aaron Rodgers was that twenty seventeen season that started out promising and then went to hell once the broken collarbone happened.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Well, all I know is we know who Aaron Rodgers is, and the question is, is he going to be in Green Bay or is he going to be somewhere else? Um, there's no, there's no debating or denying what he brings to the table. The goods. He's got the goods. He's got a big bag of the goods. And it's just a matter of where do you go from here, right? If you're Aaron Rodgers, are you really serious about making the move to go somewhere else? Like, are you really serious? And if you're Green Bay, do you take his threats or do you take – because here's the thing. It still has not been pinned to him.
5: It's still just right? a lot of – uh speculation. speculation, yeah.
3: So if if doing speculation uh which in a lot of ways is, is you know in my opinion it's very strategically sound because you you may get an opportunity to find out what Green Bay thinks about you. Green Bay has been forced to give quotes. The GM has given a quote, the head coach has given a quote. Uh so you're getting an opportunity to hear what people are saying and regardless of what people say in terms of draft picks um for for in in the first round um you got to give credit where credit is due it is not easy to accomplish at the level that Green Bay has accomplished that so they have constructed whether you want to malign the defense or malign certain parts aspects of the offense yes they have come up short but they have gone further than all the other teams in the NFC except one two years in a row running. So they're doing something correct, and, and they're saying they value Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes the best thing to do when you're in a relationship is take what the person you're in, the, the people that you're in a relationship with and take it at face value as to what they're saying. If they say they care about you and they, they're caring about you and you're important and you're the most important and you matter, then take it at face value. You know, take it at face value and go from there.
5: Everybody yeah. always looking for motivations. Uh, part of this might just be LeVar very simply yelling, show me the money! Okay. And getting a Brinks truck backed up.
3: Is that what this is all about?
5: Well, you might want uh, want them to show you love, not just in terms of who they draft, but also... Hey, I I should be the highest paid guy.
3: I mean, at this point, he's made a ton of money. I think it's about legacy at this point. And and that legacy goes through Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah. I think that that he's focused well, on and that. Well, that's the question though. Do you want to meet him
5: potentially at the end game or do you want to have the tougher fight to get you're, there and face him? You're only going to have
3: end. the conversation if you meet him at the end game if you're in the NFC, but if you're in the same division as him then you get to have that conversation twice a year and that's going to be a whole lot of conversation what would be a bigger game twice a year than Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers please tell me what is going to be talked about this is as big as 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 Peyton Manning and Tom Brady every single time they had a chance to play against each other. The whole entire week was like a yearbook of everything that they've done up until that point. This would be the same exact thing. And although Pat Mahomes' yearbook is much shorter, um, less pages in his than Aaron Rodgers, it still sets the stage for historic conversations and documentation of what transpired. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers... This is what he wants, is to be able to say he was a gunslinger that won at high noon with the tumbleweeds and the, 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 the doors that go yep. back, that swing back and forth uh, next to the old saloon.
5: Bottom line is, if you don't win at all,
4: it doesn't matter. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: you know another guy like we're talking about legacy we're talking about winning and and the guy who's got the gauntlet uh according to the bucks general manager talking with Rich Eisen uh negotiating the contract extension with Brady they they didn't talk about whether it was the end and and that he said potentially Brady could be around another seven seasons. Quote, I want to keep all those conversations, most of them private, but no inkling at all. I told him if he wants to play until 50 and still feels like he can play, he can still play until he's 50. How about this? The fountain of youth has been discovered, and that's really why he went to Florida.
3: If that man (laughs) plays until he is 50 years old, I'm just going to walk off and disappear off the face of this planet and never be seen ever again. Because I just don't buy that. I just don't buy a 50-year-old man in the National Football League, not even Tom Brady. The oldest player in NFL history,
5: George Blanda, 48 years old, when he played his final game back in 1975. But he was a kicker at that point, uh, long, long past his days as the
3: Raiders quarterback. I just ain't buying that. I just
5: think it's uh, absolutely amazing that we're still talking about a that he's he's playing coming off a of Super Bowl. Um, look, there's a lot of folks uh, in our business on the network, etc., that won't give him the shine uh, and credit deserved. And and certainly there are some questions of tactic tactics along the way. Anybody that tries to hold up Deflate Gate can beat it though, because mm. if it was so important, we'd be getting PSI readings on footballs every week. Mm. And nobody's shown me a psi reading in a very long time, Lavar. Mm. So, so that that whole argument can go away. Uh, but the fact that we're already at 43 and they return all starting 22, setting up for another fun season down there in Tampa.
3: Sheesh.
5: How crazy is that, though? 43 uh, years they, old. I mean, if when, they
3: win it again, yeah. The first thing you're going to think about is what. And everybody's going to have a different answer, but a lot of them are going to be very, very similar in nature. What's the first thing you're going to think about if they win the Super Bowl again?
5: He may be, in fact, the devil. Dang. Or he's Jesus. I mean, you can go either way. Jeez. Football devil? Yeah. Well, it would be. Look, for a lot of folks. Think about it. For a lot of folks, if they won again... I mean, you talk about walking the earth if he, if he plays till he's 50. Think about all the folks that have had him buried for a decade.
3: You know what the first thing I'm thinking? What are you thinking of? What did Bill Belichick do?
5: <laughs> well, there's, there's certainly going to be that.
3: It's always going to be the first thought that I have. Okay, Tom Brady won another Super Bowl. What did Bill do? Well,
5: Bill, Bill did what he, he had done for two decades. And didn't go break protocol, right? Even though, from from the reports, several years back, you know, when a fair-haired boy named Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted in the second round out of Eastern Illinois, he wanted to. (laughs) uh, But the mantra was always, one year too soon rather than one year too late, right? And so, with Tom Brady, it appeared that that's what he wanted, and eventually whatever was going on behind the scenes. I'm sure there's still plenty of articles and books and folks that suddenly got chirpy uh, a few years ago. will get chirpy again about those final days. Uh, but yes, Bill Belichick bet on himself and I could never fault that. Uh, just have to recognize that if it goes South and it's shown, literally it went South. Yeah. Literally it went. yeah but like last year is one that, History will judge it, I guess, down the line. But for me, it was you went 7-9. and nine, Most of your defense opted out. The guy that you signed on the you bargain like basement. You sound a Lakers fan. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but, but, but it's already played out. Right?
3: But Last that's year played out. what a Lakers fan would say is that all of these elements that played a part in all those years that they won Super Bowls and kept winning and were on the other mm-hmm. side of 500, they had elements they had to overcome. No,
5: Absolutely. And then last year they didn't. So it I wanna see part two.
3: Right? Because COVID, COVID, I think, is
5: just a a a whole other animal that that you can't plan for. Tom Brady
3: and all Tom Brady did was go win a Super Bowl coming out of COVID. Sure. So so to me. No, then again, he's superhuman.
5: What did I tell you? He's Jesus or he's the devil.
3: The first thing I'm gonna think of, if Tom Brady hoist another Lombardi trophy I don't even care if he's the MVP if that man puts another Lombardi trophy in the air the first thing I'm going to think about is what did Bill Belichick do do you think Bill
5: Belichick would look as miserable as Russell Wilson did watching the Super Bowl last year
3: uh, I almost can <laughs> guarantee you I almost can guarantee you that Bill Belichick was watching that game in his lucky pajamas and <laughs> and was eating Sherbert Look of his that. favorite of his favorite choosing. A little Sherbert and, and hanging and, out with the dog. And hoping and praying that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs would do way more than what they did. Well, you
5: and I watched that game together. Remember, uh, Patrick Mahomes did did run for 497 yards.
3: Unfortunately, it was up and down the uh, line of scrimmage. (laughs) Is life a stat? (laughs) He ran for (laughs) 400-some yards and his life. And his life, yes. You
5: want to talk about a defensive front terrorizing a man? Uh, (laughs) If he were honest with with everybody, he would have echoed Sam Darnold saying, I saw ghosts. That's how much they were on the man. And Truth. we can talk about the foot injury. We could talk they they kicked his ass. Yeah.
3: Okay. They did.
5: From they pillar did. to post. Just, got just call it what it is.
3: They got at him. <laughs> they definitely did. You, Sheesh.
5: Yeah, no, it was it was something to see, no question about it. But yeah, I mean, if, for the encore, right? I, I'm always the ifs, ands, and buts. The Cam Newton like we we all know the throwing motion was disastrous. But he made plays those first couple of games Then COVID came. It's like, no, Mm. because I just wanted to see it play out. Unfortunately, uh, we did not get the chance. And and no, I'm not a Laker fan. I'm not a Laker apologist. I know they're good for business, though.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
7: And now we're gonna
5: to go to the world of baseball, and there's a huge story swirling, and it's only appropriate that, Lavar, we go and we reach out to one of our most trusted insiders to get his perspective. And when you hear the music, that's right, you know. Yeah it's our guy, John Paul Morosi. You follow John. him on Twitter at John Morosi, leave out the H. Hi, mom, at J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I- Fox Sports Radio Insider, Major League Baseball Network. He's getting ready for the NHL playoffs, and he's trying to find where he needs to go to cover the Oakland A's
3: once they move. Hello, John.
6: Well, Lavar and Mike, my friends. Good evening. Uh, greetings from our live broadcast location outside LMCU Ballpark in Comstock Park, Michigan. Look at I'm that! Sitting here to cover. Yes, this is outside of Grand Rapids, beautiful area. I came here to cover the home debut of number one overall pick, Spencer Torkelson. Uh, oh, so yes. He, but but, but his, his West Michigan Whitecaps fell decidedly to the Great Lakes Loons, the Dodger affiliate. So while the Dodgers are in third place and losing tonight, I can report to you confidently their high-A team, won decidedly against West Michigan tonight.
5: Let me tell you this, LeVar, uh, and JP, you'll appreciate this. You, the sporting uh, memorabilia and trading card world, loving all of the releases of the Tor- Torkelson rookie cards. That's you want to nice talk about time. hot commodities. Torkelson.
6: Yeah, Spencer name. Torkelson, number one overall pick uh, from Arizona State. Uh, so, uh, but, Arizona but I, I tell top. you what, LeVar, the, the Big Ten, the Big Ten baseball quality is improving. Not quite as good as Big Ten football, my friend, but it's, it's been pretty good this year.
3: <laughs> well Penn State's baseball team is pretty phenomenal. I'm I'm a big fan of them. I mean they you know nice. they've won a championship. I I love every everything Penn State and yeah, our baseball team is actually pretty good. I, I'm with love. you there on that. Love here in about...
6: a beautiful ballpark there where the state college yeah, bikes have yeah. played many years, too. Look at great that. bikes.
5: All
3: That's that right. excitement. That's right. It is a great, great little deal. Hey, hey, John, let, let me ask you this, man. Uh, now, you you are are a voice of the game, and, and you do very well with it. And I'm just wondering right now, you know, you, you talked about uh, some of the things you got going on, and, and one thing that came up was the twins in the White Sox. And – I'm just wondering, like, is that is that a great story? Is that a is that a great topic of conversation, or is there a different different game, something different going on right now in the MLB that is more you know a bigger bigger story or something bigger to talk about?
6: Well, Lavar, a couple things. So first of all, I'm I'm very excited. We've got our game tomorrow night uh, in Chicago, White Sox Twins. So I'm, that, that's actually where I'm heading after the game here this evening. Right. But I, I do think this, that uh, and Mike alluded to it a moment ago, the news about the A's is a big deal. And, okay. and obviously we have to see where this story leads. Uh, we saw statements today from uh, the Oakland Athletics, from MLB. And, and the main story here, as I'm sure you've documented during the course of the show, is that uh, MLB is encouraging the A's to look around for alternate sites to have their team. And uh, the the reason why is that they've had a a real issue getting the deal consummated with Oakland uh, to be able to build a new ballpark on the waterfront. Now, the ballpark itself would have all private funds, but certainly there would be some city-related infrastructure and and some local tax dollars used for that. And so it's now a huge question. What does the city council in Oakland want to do? And I think, LeVar, to me, MLB and the A's are pushing – the city council for a resolution this summer because if we get to the end of this year and there is no movement forward on on that project then i think it becomes time to look somewhere else they've they've basically been looking at this lavar for 15 years and and it hasn't really moved and so uh if they can't build where they want to build down on the waterfront then they're gonna have to look elsewhere because one thing that their president dave cavill said to uh, NBC Sports Bay Area today, is that the this is, and this is probably the biggest news for all of us who follow all sports. The Coliseum site will not be home to the A's any longer. That, that is, in terms of they may build a new stadium, but that's not going to be rebuilding on that site is not what's going to happen, which means that whenever, whenever there's an outcome, either the A's move downtown or they move to a different site, there's going to be no more A's in addition to no more Raiders, in addition to no more Warriors at that site that not long ago had three professional sports
5: teams. The o.co having gone there many, many times when I lived in the Bay Area and a couple of trips thereafter, um, it's a hole. But uh, the, the sight lines are good. Just uh, don't come. be just don't be there with the uh, plumbing. Uh, and Mount Davis is something that leaves you scratching your head every time you see it. Uh, but Oakland, it very much, JP, you're you're going to Guaranteed Rate Field tomorrow. Very much the same circumstance that the White Sox had when quote New Comiskey was built trying to get public funds and having to look at the idea of a multi-use facility. And for those that went to the stadium when it was first built, uh, the criticisms were how steep the upper deck was and and why couldn't it be this, that, the other. They had to pass on Camden Yards because, well, that was a pure baseball field. Likewise, here, we're talking about a $12 billion multi-use project from all the reports, which means there, there's a whole lot of politicking that has to go on with this and you know a, a lot of infighting and promises made and that's where we get to our standstill 15 years later.
6: Well you're right and certainly one thing about California is uh, that whenever you want to build something of this magnitude there often is a lot of environmental impact, land use, mm-hmm. uh, obviously we understand what a densely populated area the Bay Area is so there's a lot of decisions that that are part of the reality there that for example we not part of the calculus when the Rangers built their new place in Arlington, Texas, when the Braves moved out to Cobb County. It was a fundamentally different situation uh, this is this is finding a very small area of potentially redeveloped air, uh, like prime real estate in one of the the most densely populated metropolitan areas of our country and, and that is a very unique needle to thread for the A's and for Major League Baseball. And I think to me, Mike and Lavar, one of the really important parts of, of this story here is that baseball basically has to do a couple things here. This year is important to get fans back in the ballparks, which, by the way, is happening. More and more uh, crowds we're seeing go from 25 to 50. Some places are at 100%. The Braves are one of them. The Rangers are another. Uh, Houston is basically there, too. So we're already seeing those those stadiums go up to 100%. That, that's That's a, a big data point for baseball. The fans mm-hmm. are back in the stadiums. That's key. Okay, so now the second thing they've got to do this year is find a way to, to negotiate the next CBA and keep the game on the field. You cannot afford a work stoppage when you missed half the year last year. You, you just can't do it. And so for that purpose, you need to have a, a good labor relations and a good dialogue back and forth with the union this year. And then once you do all of those things, fans are back, labor agreements in place, Then you can talk about growing and building momentum again. And that is where I think baseball is correct here. Whatever the outcome is, they need an answer from Oakland. They need an answer from Tampa Bay because you can't expand to Portland, to Nashville, to Montreal, Vegas, wherever it might be. You cannot expand until you get answers from the A's and from the Rays. You need to get answers there so they can thrive And then, guess what, guys? There's all this talk about what the expansion fee might be. Is it a billion, two? Is it two billion? Whatever it ends up being. Divide that by 30 existing owners, guys. That's a lot of money. And so Mm -hmm. when you're coming out of this pandemic and and the the diminished revenues, and if you can have the buy-in fee land all those tens of millions of dollars in everybody's pocket from an ownership standpoint, that's a pretty appealing windfall. So they want to expand but they can't have that windfall until they know where Oakland and Tampa Bay are going to be playing for the long term.
3: Talk to me about the Olympics and guys that are looking to play for other teams. When I was bringing up big news or big headlines, I was thinking about guys like holes or mm-hmm. you know maybe even Anibal uh, Sanchez, different guys that are looking to play for different teams um going into this olympic season just expand on that a little bit
6: sure lavar and i'm glad I'm glad you asked about it because international baseball is a huge passion of mine so this is one of my favorite stories and yes uh, notably lavar we the u.s we have not yet qualified for the olympics that's one of the biggest headlines there is that we yeah. have to play a tournament yeah at the end of the beginning of the end of this month uh, and into the early days of june uh down in florida uh, it's the America's qualifier. So the Team USA is managed by Mike Socha, so a World Series winning manager. Uh, and so uh, any, basically all players who are not on 40-man rosters are eligible. So minor league players and then free agents or players who are maybe on their way out of the game and off of active rosters like Pujols, like Anibal Sanchez. And so we might see, I was told today by a source, The Dominican Republic wants Albert Pujols to play for them, or at least has interest, in having him play for them at this qualifier coming up. Venezuela, same thing with Anibal Sanchez. I've heard that Matt Kemp may be playing for Team USA potentially. Uh, We've already seen a number of teams qualify. Mexico, Israel, Japan, Korea, they're already in at the 16th tournament. So it's going to be so interesting, LeVar, to see who ends up playing. But, yes, uh, it would really add a lot of cachet, to the uh, Olympic qualifiers, if in fact Albert Pools is there, and who knows if he has a great tournament, Lavar, he could find a way to maybe get back on a, a, an active roster in MLB after the tournament's over. Maybe he finds uh, th- that stroke again when he's down playing for the Dominican Republic. It'd be a great story, and it certainly would, I think, capture a lot of attention for international baseball this year.
5: I still was ready to claim him as future White Sox Hall of Famer Albert Pujols, but doesn't look like that. I know. Because I still claim Ken Griffey Jr., you know so uh jp last one for you as we we look at the standings and we're getting uh, into the middle of may uh is, is there a team that you're overly concerned about i mean obviously the dodgers have had a rough stretch but everybody just says wait it out uh i'm concerned uh but is there another team that's maybe circling a bit that you think might be in the seller category sooner than later
6: I, I'm looking at the Twins, and certainly you know, we're, we're going to see them tomorrow night in, in Chicago. They're a team that's well under 500, and they've gotten off to a poor start. Byron Buxton, it, it breaks my heart that he's back on the injured list because, man, I, I watched him play a five-hit game in Cleveland oh, uh, in person, and just what an incredible player and a great person, too. And it just it breaks my heart that he's having these injury issues because he's a 5 tool player who can do it all. And so uh, when you think about his injury, the way they've played, I think we, we may see someone like a Jay Hap get traded, maybe even Nelson Cruz. How
4: about
5: that? he's
6: hitting all these home runs after turning 40, but mm. they're, they're below 500. The White Sox, your White Sox, Mike, they're playing so well. So I think the Twins are, are going, to, going to be, uh, we always talk about it this time of year, I, I always say they're on the road to Sellersville, which is actually a town in Pennsylvania. And I say that when you're on your road to Sellersville, that means you're going to be a seller at the deadline. I believe right now that Minnesota Twins, are headed on the interstate to Sellersville uh, at this year's trade deadline.
5: There you go. They just lost to the White Sox 9-3 tonight. Uh, reminder, JP is with Harold Reynolds. Uh, Dan Plisak and Greg Amsinger tomorrow, part of MLB Network's coverage of White Sox Twins. uh, And the call starts 8 p.m. Eastern time. JP, thanks so much for being with us tonight. We always appreciate the time. I'm glad you enjoyed your your minor league baseball moment for tonight. It's good to see that back on our, our radar as well.
6: I love it. Good for the soul. It means so much in every community. And Mike and Levar always enjoy the conversation. And Levar, I cannot wait until you and I have a chance to watch a Penn State Michigan game in person. Love my it. friend uh, together. That's uh, hopefully coming up soon.
3: Love it. That'd be
5: awesome. We're gonna make it happen. Sounds great. All right. Um, right on, JP. Safe travels, buddy. We'll talk to you next week.
6: Thanks. All the best, guys. Thanks so much. Right. At
5: John Morosi, where you find him Spencer on Twitter. He's, I'm telling you what, do do a quick search of what his stuff's going for on eBay. Uh, absolutely amazing, his Bowman rookie cards and all the like.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: In Las Vegas, a huge announcement. That would make Jerry Jones jealous. The Hmm. beginnings of a huge club in Allegiant Stadium. Hmm. Not that you wouldn't be going to Vegas to club out anyway, but now you'll be able to do it as part of your football watching experience. And Jerry's had the, hey, come on in, pretty cheaply party zone for a long time since they opened the palace there in Dallas. But now we're talking about a line of DJs, big video boards, and a party environment, taking it off the strip and into the gameplay. Man, I, I have to wonder how many players just say, "Hey, I'm I'm out for this series. I'm I'm gonna go have a dance. Let's oh. go. Let's go." It's it's really uh something next level. I, I guess this is where, as we we talked about Oakland and trying to secure the proverbial bag from the politicians and from the city right because we always know there's some marriage between public and private money or at least in most cases not often do you have something like sofi here in los angeles that is privately backed and built right Mm. that is the outlier in this normally they'd say hey you get some value from us and and there have been studies that say it's a losing proposition Uh, but there is something with the that you can't put in the balance sheet of you know, city pride and all of those things about keeping a a team in town. But for Vegas, now that they have the former Oakland Raiders, they're saying, "All right, we're now going to one up it." Now, not only do we have the Death Star, now we're going to have the Death Star with the greatest club known to man. And Al oh. Davis would would be the proudest guy watching that go to work. I'll tell you,
3: maybe. I, listen, I, I know club level literally meant club level in Washington DC just so we're clear on that I don't know that that's you know now maybe you didn't call it a club and I get that but I will say club level in Washington DC meant club level now you may be wondering how I know that when I was playing but I did have a time where I was injured (laughs) and I did see what the spectacle itself did look like?
5: Well, and you had to go and represent, right? You had to go and shake hands and kiss babies. That's what I did not go. Story.
3: I did not go in. Oh, oh no, 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 no! Bad I job looked. by you. I, no, it was not. <laughs> I could not. No, it. I mean, that was more, and, and I hate to admit this, it was more entertaining than the game.
5: No kidding. No lie, should have sold tickets for that too, huh? I'm
3: sure I mean, they, they did, did try to
5: sell tickets to training camp at some point, so why not? <laughs> why not to the clubs as well? <laughs> Eleven thousand square feet, Winfield Club, uh, North End Zone. I mean, it's a two billion dollar stadium. They're saying two DJ booths, uh, wins DJ roster, and and plenty of guys who who made their mark here. Uh, During the pandemic, right, with their online streams, Instagram and other 42 televisions, a nine foot by 35 foot LED screen and a 45,000 watt sound system. Yes. Now we're talking. All right. Note to self. We are also going to Vegas for a game. See, there you go. Now, we're, we're committed to not only hang out two Sunday mornings, uh, but also two Sunday nights. And the v- studios in Vegas are top-notch. They just redid those about three years ago.
3: Gotta love it. So there
5: you go. Uh, but it's it's just the interesting time of year, right? As we get out of the draft, now it's the last jockeying roster, roster positions, maybe a couple of trades. We still have some names out there. Uh, notice we've gone through almost two hours of the show, and this is the first time that I say the name Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Uh, well, because we get we got to at least take a drive-by on that story coming out of Devontae Adams' uh, quotes on the herd a day ago because, well, people want to know what the three-time All-Pro has to say about that true right three-time pro yeah, bowl man. yeah so we we got to make sure we get we get the love there uh as that develops and you got deshaun watson still in the background there's plenty of uh, news to be made but when we're talking about schedule release and really a cannon of fireworks going up to celebrate the new nfl season and 100 capacity that's what we're talking